gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, Good afternoon and welcome to another broadcast of The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs. Join me every Friday with decision makers from both collegiate athletics and professional sports. But joining me today is one of the best sports attorneys in the business. He represents college and NBA coaches as well as athletic directors, media talent, and broadcasters. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Michael Harris. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Daryl. I'm happy to be here and thanks for having me. Well, thank you for taking the time. I know this has been a very, very busy last couple of months for you. And we'll talk about that a little bit, some of the things you have done and some of the people that you're working with. But before we get into the Q&A, talk a little bit about your journey into becoming a sports attorney. Well, it's a long one, I'll tell you that. But uh, it's a very focused one. Um you know, I knew I wanted to be in sports, Daryl, uh, from the get-go. I grew up in Flint, Michigan, a real sports town, as you probably know, um, and uh, just knew I wanted to be in it. I didn't know where I fit in or what I was going to do, and cut a long story short, uh, you know, I played ball in college, small school, basketball. Then I went on and, and went to the University of Massachusetts in Amherst and got a master's degree in sports management. At that time, it was the top program in the country. It only took 20 or 30 kids a year, I think. And I didn't know if I'd get in or not. And when I got in, I was so excited. So then I went there and did that. And uh, then after that, uh, you know, did an internship with a big sports agent uh, out of Detroit at the time. Kind of that kind of got my me excited and wanted to kind of explore that field. And then I drove out to L.A. to kind of chase my dream, slept in my car for a summer, uh, went to law school, applied and uh, ended up at Loyola Law School. Long story short, finished there and worked for some different people just hustling in the sports space in L.A. Um, and then finally I got going, you know, um, and eventually branched out on my own. Long story short, and uh, been doing it on my own for about 20 years now. For those who don't know what a sports attorney does, talk about some of the things that you do in particularly, not what other does, but particularly what you do um, on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, well, there's a big difference, I think, in my field as it's evolved. You know, I am a lawyer. Um, I really prepared to do this my whole life. There's a lot of guys that, and no offense to them at all, that do great jobs, but they kind of just jumped in. Um, they may not be lawyers. So I feel like I bring a little different perspective as being a real lawyer and practicing law for a little while in between there. Um, but really what I do is I negotiate deals. I enforce the contracts that I negotiate for clients if we need be. Uh, if there's modifications, extensions that I feel are necessary based on performance or other issues, you know, I step in uh, with the client. Um, enforce arbitrations or uh, arbitrate things if we need to, to enforce the contracts, I should say. Um, so I got my hand in a lot of things. And 
it, it's really uh, broadened because I'll have people call Daryl from all different areas. I mean, athletic trainers for NFL teams have agents now, you know, negotiate a deal. It's not just coaches, uh, GMs, uh, athletic directors. That's really evolving, too. I'm doing a lot of them. I'm currently in the middle of, uh, I think, two negotiations right now for athletic directors. Um, so there's always something, you know, going on now in the field where there used to it used to not be that way. Talk about how do clients find you or you find them? Yeah, you know what? When you're younger, you're hustling, you know, to build your name and your brand. And, uh, you know, you just go out and find people, approach them. You go to events, you know, um, and uh, try and, you know, find the people that you had on your list that you thought were a good fit for you. At this point in time, it's really a lot of referrals, um, you know, from current clients um, and people all over the country. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I get a lot of calls. I mean, I'm just putting it out there uh, uh, from potential clients that are at, you know, big firms. And most of the complaints I get is, you know, they don't get enough attention, um, you know, to them. They don't get their calls returned. Um, and they really don't know where they're at in their career because they don't have guidance. And so I get a lot of calls from there. And I don't take all those guys because I'm pretty selective at this point uh, where I'm at. So I get a lot of them that way, too, that are just unhappy that call me, end up calling me because my name's out there. And um, it works that way as well. You know, talk about some of the clients that you're representing now. Over the last couple of months, you have um, really, really. Um, hit your stride in regards to people acquiring your services. Talk about some of those clients. Yeah, you know, uh, we had a good off season. I mean, Michael Alford got the athletic director position at Florida State, you know, um, you know, and then there's there's different people that have different ways of getting where they're at. And I say this to be encouraging to the coaches out there, athletic directors or media, whatever you're doing is, you know, if you believe in yourself, man, and just keep grinding and working, absorbing, you know, where you're at in your current job, um, it, it'll happen. You know, you got to put the time in. But and I give you that, for example, it happens different ways here. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple like Rick Ray was an assistant coach at Clemson 10 years ago when he became a client, you know, probably making 80 grand a year back then. And I ran into Daniel Parker at the final four in New Orleans and that job search for uh, Mississippi State basketball at the time was kind of down to some people. And and I kind of hit Daniel out of the blue and said, what are you looking for? And, you know, I convinced them to talk to Rick for a few minutes. Rick happened to be right there in the hotel lobby. They talked. Rick, you know, took it from there and blew him away. Long story short, he got the job from being an assistant coach. He got a power five SEC job. You know, and then you have other guys like Dwayne Stevens at Michigan State, who was with Izzo for 20 years. Right. And he's selective on jobs. You know what I mean? And and sometimes didn't get the job maybe we wanted. But the point being I'm making to folks is after 20 years, he finally took a job this offseason. Right. At Western Michigan, because he thought it was the right fit. But just as importantly, it was the right athletic director, Daryl, that, you know, a new guy came in there. And so uh, that job was appealing to DJ and he took it. And then you got guys like, uh, you know, uh, a Rob Murphy, you know, that was at Syracuse for, you know, uh, with Coach Boheim. And then he took over Eastern Michigan for 10 years and did some great things there. But it came it's kind of coming to an end. And 
you know, Rob, you know, really networked wise in that spot. And now he's assistant GM with the Pistons. You know, he took over their G League team last year as president and GM and did an outstanding job and now is rewarded for it. So sometimes when it looks like things aren't going well, you know, if you keep hustling, you keep networking and you have a good representative that really pays attention to you. Right. You talk about stuff like I do with all my people. Um, we really plan, you know, about what's the next move if this goes south. You know, where are we going to be in your career? You know what I mean? What options do we have? And then, you know, there's guys like I'm giving you examples. because I think it's important for, you know, people to hear these things. Um, you know, I have an athletic director right now that potentially I can't say anything that could potentially a minority get a huge job, you know, and it's just about really planning and talking. And we kind of got this thing back going again because we did some planning. And if it happens, it'll be big news and it's going to be awesome for not just him, but for, you know, a lot of minorities in in that space, period. Um, and then you got a guy like Greg Heyer who got a job. We got a job this offseason as well as a head coach at New Mexico State. Greg was at LSU. Things kind of went south over there with Wade. And, you know, Greg was at Wichita State, you know, um, when they were building that over there. And he had to go back to junior college. Wasn't making anything this past year, but you know what he did? He went and won the national championship is what he did, you know? So he didn't get down. He kept grinding and bam, now he got an opportunity. You know what I mean? So you just got to kind of have a plan and you got to stick with it and you got to keep grinding. Um, And then, you know, those are recent clients, but, you know, um, I wanted to say too, I've got into the women's coaching too recently and picked up some really great head coaches there at the mid majors that are ready to be, you know, go to the next level. And uh, one reason why I did it is because I'm already in that space, Daryl, but I also think that there's a lot that can be done for the women too, to try and help them get up to the men a little bit more. No question. You know, I know I'm rambling here, but I, I get pretty passionate about this and, and uh, trying to help. Well, that's why I got you on, Mike, because I know you're passionate and the coaches and the athletic directors that watch the show um, need to feel that passion, particularly for someone that happens to be a white male who happens to be pro-diversity, equity, inclusion. Of course, you're serving on our board advisory for the Rising Coaches Executive uh, uh, guidelines, you know, as well. So uh, I know where your heart is at, but I wanted people to know – who you are and what you do and how hard you work for your clients, regardless of ethnicity or gender. Yeah, I appreciate it, Daryl. And it, it, look at it really is true. It isn't just, you know, talk. A lot of people just talk, as you know, in our space. And uh, you got to put some action behind the words. And, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those people. And uh, and no matter who you are with me, that's what I try and be careful about is taking on the right people, you know, um, not taking too many people because I'm in a space in my life where I can be a little more selective and and then really working for them, you know, and uh, making a difference. And and that's what this is about for me now. You know what I mean? When guys or gals get head jobs or someone gets an athlete their life changes. It, it's so rewarding, you know, for me as well. Absolutely. Talk about, you know, part of the process is interviewing. You know, you can work on their behalf. Talk about how do you prepare your clients for an interview um, in regards to when they go in for the job? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot goes into that, you know, and, and 
It's funny. Uh, I when I told you I get calls from people um, and they haven't got a job, and I get talking to them about what's going on in their careers and lives, and some of them have had some opportunities. And but when I talk to them about their preparation for an interview, it's shocking the lack of. So the first thing is is really just making sure they're really prepared, right? Um, what is preparation? It means knowing who you're speaking to, who's going to be in the room. Uh, you know, what are they looking for? Are they look, what are the mandates we always say for the job? Um, do they want a coach that can get out and raise money? Do they want a coach that's going to play fast pace and increase ticket sales? I mean, it's really detailed if you dig into it and you find out what an AD is really looking for, for his program. Um, you know, does he want guys that's going to build the culture of the community? So you need a personality guy, right? Um, so there's a lot of things that go into it. So one, you got to know, you know, what they're looking for. Um, and uh, that's a preparation piece. And I help with that a lot. But also is the biggest thing that I, I'm huge on that guys don't and gals don't do enough of, I don't care if it's an AD job or what, is mock interviews. You know, um, there's nothing like practicing like an ACT or SAT test over and over and over and over. You should practice your interview over and over and over at home. You know, so we come up with questions. I also have people that we refer them out to. You know, Rising Coaches has something that they're doing and um, that we refer people to. And there's two or three other people that are great at it, Doc and some other people. And they should do this and they give them feedback. And uh, and then if they take that and take it to their home and do it in the mirror or with their spouse or buddy, it, it's invaluable, you know. And then when you get in there, you're comfortable. And I think by that time, I've kind of helped them get the right questions in place or the real key things that that AD or administration may be looking for. Well, you know what? That's great information, as you mentioned, rising coaches, particularly with the DEI Alliance, which you serve on the board advisory. We have our next up initiative in which we have search firms actually come in and do those mock interviews um, yep. as you just mentioned. Mike, let's go to commercial break. We've got to pay some bills here. You're listening and watching The Right Fit. The Right Fit podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile. All for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. Welcome back to The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs, and I'm with my guest today, Michael Harrison, sports attorney who represent college and pro coaches, as well as athletic director, media talent, front office personnel. Um, talk a little bit about the negotiation and contractual process when it comes to your clients. What happens a lot of times uh, speaking to coaches now, even more so today, that is becoming so, so important. Um, knowing, understanding the negotiation and the contractual process. Talk a little bit about that, Mike. Well, you know what? To be quite frank, it's kind of second nature to me at this point. I've been doing it for 30 years at all levels. Um, 
I mean, I, I've been involved in negotiations with, you know, a lot of players too, you know, back in the day, Plexico Burris's, Zach Randolph's, Dehani Jones's, Robert Smith's, um, you know, representing people in other legal matters like Dennis Rodman, you know. Um, so uh, I've been involved in it my whole life and read a lot about it. And, uh, you know, and I, you like to think that you figured it out a little bit, but it's always challenging and different depending on who you're speaking to. So for me, too, it's it's about what I tell my clients to prepare for interviews. It's preparing for a negotiation. You got to know the space. You got to know uh, the market conditions. You got to know what, you know, other people's deals are in the space that you're talking about, whether it's an AD or not. And really, you got to go into it knowing who I'm talking to. Right. That's the biggest thing. And what you learn over time is you got to get what you your client wants. But there's also a compromise. Right. There always is to make sure the other side's as happy as your side. And people lose perspective of that agents today pounding the table and making demands and what you really learn is I get more value out of a contract for my guy or gal by being prepared, but also, you know, making sure that they're getting kind of what they want. Right. And I usually can get more that way, if that makes sense to you, uh, Daryl. Um, so that, that that's a big aspect of it. Um, and really, uh, the other thing you got to remember is I work for my client. So in fairness to a lot of other agents out there, too, people could look at a deal and go, oh, I could have got more or could have got this or that. Well, you know, you don't know what your client, the client's telling me. The client may say, hey, Mike, I don't need more money. I'm more worried about these things or commitment to my facilities or commitment to my locker room or my weight room instead of adding another year or getting, you know, 200,000 more dollars or an extra car. You know what you follow what I'm saying? So. You really got to know your client and what they want and what's important to them in their contract. Mike, talk a little bit about what do you think are the two most common mistakes made during an interview? Yeah. You know, it, it kind of goes back to what we touched on and, and you'll be amazed, man. It's it's really just lack of preparation. The biggest thing is lack of preparation. Uh, you know, and, and this comes from me talking to search firms after the interviews, because I always do follow up and talking to the ADs and interviewed them. And, you know, that's one thing, like I said, here you get that attention. Right. I mean, how are we going to get better if you didn't get the job if we don't talk to the people that interviewed you? Right. So we circle to them. We do that homework and then we go back to our client, and talk to them. But here's some details. I'll tell you things that I hear a lot are they uh interviewees run on too much about one topic so rambling question and they go on and on rambling and on. rambling <laughs> yeah and, and then everybody in the room loses interest you know and uh so get in and out get in and out make sure you listen well answer the question that was answered and get out and uh that's one and then uh I, I, I wrote a couple of things down, the different things. Another thing I found out some people do and we tell them not to is they bring in information. OK, documents, a PowerPoint, you know, their notebook that we help them create over time to make sure they're prepared. You don't go through those things in an interview. You know, they're there. You bring them, you give them to them after. And you can reference things during your interview that are in there and direct them to it after. But don't flip through documents during an interview. Um I know different people have different takes on that, but that's a pretty consistent in our space. Yeah. That, and that's the old school way of, of, of doing it, sending your, 
you know, you're going through your coach's portfolio, you send that ahead of time, you know, because quite naturally, or you give it to them after you leave the interview so they can get a little, understand a little bit more about you, as you mentioned. And that's kind of like the old school way. And, you know, if people are still doing that, that's so unfortunate. Yep. Well, that's why they need guidance. Um, and, you know, and I, I, I've heard little things. Um, you know, I've had some clients that on the coaching side that are, you know, maybe bigger guys and they're kind of slouched over while they're interviewing. I've had that brought to me, the eye contact thing brought up to me, you know. Um, but really, it's just overall prep, I think. And, and, and when you do the mock interviews, though, you work on all those little things that we absolutely you aren't going to have your doc. You aren't, you know, we're going to prep you on all that. You know what I mean? So um, it's invaluable to do those. Well, you know what? When you part of that interview process, it's the process of elimination. As I tell most coaches or anybody interviewing for a job, you, you now you're in the process of elimination. They can look for anything, little thing um, that will kind of try to eliminate you. Or you can separate yourself from the competition by doing the things um, you're supposed to do as well. You mentioned search firms. Talk about how can someone get on a search firm radar? You know, most people are intimidated by search firms. When you tell people search firm is heading the job, they don't think they have the opportunity. But how can they get on a search firm radar? Yeah, it's not hard. You know, um, one, your representative can help with that. And so we kind of have a thing in our office where once people hit a certain level in their career, you know, we uh, take the initiative to try and set up a conversation or a meeting with them. And, and I'll tell you this, all the top search firms are open to meeting people, you know, so they love to, most of them will tell you, they love to hear from you. And it doesn't have to be a face-to-face -face meeting anymore. You know, I've had many clients that have got head coaching jobs that got to know the firms by just talking to them on the telephone, you know, or doing a Zoom. Um, but you got to take that step to know them. Got a good story for you. Here's a real practical one for you. And why he's successful. So Eric Musselman, when he was trying to get back into college, he was trying to get in the college space. Um, I'd helped him get his G League job with the Lakers to get him back going again because he couldn't get in. So then he said, Mike, I want to get into college. What should I do? I said, here's what you should do. You should go see these. I gave him a list of search firms, the four or five top ones at that time. I said, you should go see all those guys and meet with them and tell them your story. By gosh, Eric Musselman paid his way to all of them, set, did it himself, went and visited every one of them I told him to go visit. And he told me that was one of the best things he ever did. So, um, you know, people that do things, you know, take the initiative and follow instruction when they're told what they should do, you know, have success. Um, so it is important to get to know them. And, uh, and I would also tell them this, reach out yourself. You don't have a representative. Reach out to them. Shoot them an email. You can get their information. They'll respond to you. I guarantee you those search firms will get back to them. And then I tell them you're all out recruiting for coaches. When you're in Atlanta or you're in Texas or you're in Chicago, go see the firm. Set up appointment ahead of time. You know, hit them a month ahead of time or two, three weeks ahead when you know your travel schedule for recruiting and you're in their town. And that's great advice, Mike. I often tell coaches they're actually looking for clients. They're looking for candidates for these positions because a lot of times you're under the misconception that they're already a candidate pool. They really do not because each job they get or opportunity to get, it requires different type of candidates that the institution may be looking for. 
And as you mentioned, just be proactive. Don't be scared. Sometimes that impresses them more when I'm talking to search firms, when someone reach out to them. And as you mentioned, set up an interview with them while you're in town recruiting, you know, let them get to know you on the personal basis. That's called separating yourself from the competition. Yes, it is. And it's it's the kind of people they're looking for too, right? Taking initiative, taking charge, you know what I mean? And wanting to meet them. You know, hey, Darrell, one thing I wanted to back up on the interview thing, I think it's, I say it just, it's important for uh, the people that are watching this is, you know, we're talking about getting ready for the interview, but another big thing that we, we focus on in interviews, I think it is important. You know, you're interviewing that school or that university or that AD as well to make sure it's a fit for you. Most coaches, athletic directors have worked their entire lives, right, to get to where they're at. And to take the wrong job at the wrong time is not the answer. Now, I know coaches and ADs, they'll panic. Mike, these are hard to get, man. I got to take whatever job I can get. You know, I can win, right? Every coach will tell you he can win everywhere, right, Daryl? Right? Absolutely. And you want him to say that, right? You know what? But you're telling them correct. Some jobs are coaching suicide as I – when I get calls and I say, hey, if that's that's a good job, I said, nah, that may be coaching suicide for you if you take that job and you got to understand what you're getting into. Now, you understand the risk involved, particularly if you're coming from a certain space already that you have been in a certain space or a certain area. This may not help you, even though you want to coach. But as you mentioned, you got to make sure you take a right job. And you mentioned the athletic director, who you're going to be working for as well. For sure. I mean, it's so important. And, you know, when you'd ask them the little things, you know, if from a coaching standpoint, you know, you kind of want to know what the budget is. You know, you want to know what it is for recruiting coaches. And we have analytics that will show you kind of if you're not in the top third in your own conference, it's tough to win. You know what I mean? Little things like that. That's why we want that information and we can dissect it and kind of put more a more practical touch on whether it really is a good job for you. You know, um, and everything's different based on the coach and where that job is and what's going on, of course. But, you know, you want to get as much info and they want to interview them as much as they're interviewing them in certain cases. That is correct. This is the best part of the show, I think. I feel. It's called word association, my last I'll say a person, place, a thing. And you say the first thing, come to your mind and you can elaborate on it, uh, you know, as well. And I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this school name correct. Olivet College. Oh, wow. Cloyce Dickerson. Okay. He's my best friend from Flint, Michigan. We played against each other in high school, a big rival. And uh, then we ended up in college together and being best friends. California. Sunshine. (laughs) Sports. Attorney. You know, uh, you know what I do in sports and I, I love what I do. Okay. And finally, family. My daughters. I have two daughters that I've raised on my own. I'm proud of. Uh, and this is fun for me to get it out there. One of them, uh, you know, Darrell, I talked to you about this, I think, one other time. Uh, one's going to be a senior at USC and uh, she's a broadcast journalism major, kind of, you know, in your realm. Um, and the other one is a freshman. She plays golf at Columbia University in New York City. Can you me. Over by you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Mike, thank you for taking the time to join me today. I want to thank the viewers and listeners for tuning in. Well, join me next Friday with another great guest. Until then, please stay healthy, stay safe, and have a wonderful weekend.
The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile. All for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more.